to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 121, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we review the new molten hotness in Horseless Carriage, and then... We draft our number one game and the Punch Bunch's number one game of all time, Age of Steam Maps. Hey, everybody. I'm Cliff. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Try to oh. lower, lower the voice a little, little I mean, bit more. You know, yeah. We well, went all public radio. Know, on public. <laughs> yeah. This is NPR. Right. Oh, uh, so hey. I'm still excited, though. Yeah. Yeah. So how about this past weekend? It was a good time. The con that yeah. we went to, right? Okay. Was well, it? By the time, yes, yeah, Richie, without you. the one you didn't get to go to. <laughs> uh, well, you know, kids, what, what do you do with them? No, that was the wife. That was the, well, yeah, well, I guess. The wife. The wife kids. was the main issue. I'm not going to blame yeah. the kids. They, they, they had no. Let's blame the wife. Their fault. She, right. she left town. All right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, you're lucky she's Chad, still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true. Uh, but Chad and I had a great time. Yeah, we at, did. Uh, the Great Plains Game Festival. Speaking of games, they really, I felt like uh, Great Plains uh, really stepped up their game this year. It was really wow. nice. Was, uh, I mean, you, you've you've been to Geekway, obviously. I mean, mm -hmm. we've been together. And I, I told uh, Cameron, who is the, the runner of uh, Great Plains Game Festival, and I said, Hey, this is you know starting to get on par with uh, with Geekway. I mean, yeah. I mean they had nice. huge play to win section of games, and then they were in a wonderful. It was the the Marriott Hotel there downtown Lincoln. And a really nice location. Yeah, it was it was really beautiful. It had uh, just everything was was really set up nicely. I mean, they had a great area for the vendor hall, lots of tables. Uh, Lots you know, of open space and yeah. light, and yeah, it was it was it was very nice. It just felt uh, kind of first rate, which was great. Yeah. I mean, I know, like basically last year, it, they decorated it very nicely, but it was kind of like a horse, you know, it was kind of a horse barn. And then I hadn't been yeah. before there, but you, Clef told me he's like, <laughs> I went to it a few years ago, and it was at this uh, Jewish Shriners place. I was remember, like, I don't think there is a Richie, Jewish remember Shriners. You, me and you went yes, there. I do. Remember. That, one, that wasn't that bad of a place either, except for the the bathroom. I remember. Bathroom? That was an issue, and the the large oversized Jenga game that kept oh getting, yes that kept falling all crashing, over the stage yes. and was like right there, Ugh. and then we had that alarm that went off for like an hour. An hour. We were playing. The game. We still we yeah, sat we there still and played. Still played. It. <laughs> it was bad, but anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, they have they've done a really nice job of really making that a a wonderful con, and I mean they had people from uh, you know all over the you know the country that still that are coming to this. Uh, I got to meet Scott Brady, uh, the designer of uh, Hughes and Cues and uh, Boop. Uh, right. So yeah, so um, he he actually said he was actually talking about possibly coming to PVCon this year, but they have another obligation. But he said uh, maybe the next time, so which was really cool. But he was a really nice guy. Yeah, um, he's got some. He he was talking about that. There's some other cats coming out too. Yeah, he's got like kind of an, another riff on Boop, which is oh, nice. be fun. I've been yeah. playing a lot of Boop See? on uh, BGA. It's, it's a, fun, right? It's a fun little uh, yeah uh, abstract game. And so. the, and the kids like could pick that up easily too. Yeah, the, the actual once it's version. back in print, I'm gonna pick up a copy yeah. for sure. Totally cool. worth it. Yeah, so, but yeah, overall, got to play some some great games. I got to play a 
wonderful game of uh, Twilight Struggle with uh, my friend Joe Farrell. And I, I was doing really well, and I really thought I had a chance at winning. And I mean, it was about mid-game, and I was, I was in a good position. And uh, unfortunately, the DEFCON level was at two, and I played Missile Envy. And for those who know about this game, Joe then had a card that uh, made me trigger an event that made me move the DEFCON level up one. And so I started Nuclear War and automatically lost the game. So Joe was telling Sad. me, Joe was telling me, because his, his, his uh, card... Uh, that he played was like how I learned to stop worrying, I think, yes, yes. which is the subtitle yes. of Dr. Strangelove, how I learned yes. to stop worrying and yes. love the bomb. Uh-huh. Um, Richie, have you seen Dr. Strangelove? I, it's been a while though. You have. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that instead of Rambo on one of your game nights, yeah. you should just put on Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> what about Rambo two? <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. talking about Rambo Dr. Strange. No. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Dr. Strangelove. It's I have never such seen a classic. It. Uh, it's such a classic. Right. So and I'll, there's some really good physical humor in addition to right. some other stuff too. Right. So I'll, I'll have to check it out. So And so. Richie, my first game of the convention, because I was only I I could only make it Saturday, but my first game of the convention was Root. I walked in oh, and nice. they're like, Chad, you want to play Root? And I was like, Yeah, let's play Root. So we played with the Marauders and some extra cards. I was, what I was, faction? I was the cats because like mm. I haven't played in forever, but they were like, Hey, just so you know, uh, you yeah, can't cats play. Are the worst. You can't play. You can't, <laughs> they just said you can't win as the cats, you know, <laughs> like just because I, I guess it's really hard to win, but I was happy to be the cats just cause like it, it was the most familiar for me, you know, right, I hadn't right. played it in forever yeah. and I was just happy to be a part of the game and like be like, Oh, that's right. Now I need to play a suit to blah, blah, blah. I think if you're going to win with the cats, I think you have to win with a uh, dominance a win. Dominance. Yeah. yeah I, Most likely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, why I'm talking strategy about the root. <laughs> so root con. A, we're, we're going oh, to yeah, root, root con. Con. We just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be right there. Hopefully there, <laughs> there's a zombie burger in Portland with a roller coaster there. Uh, uh, well, we talk about some of those games that you know, Chad. You got to play a I get to new play, one from yeah. uh, boards, board game tables. That was uh, kind of a fun one. Yeah, this was a this was on the play to win section. But uh, another friend of ours, uh, Patrick, and I said, "Hey, this is a little filler that we can pick up." And we had wanted to play it for a long time. It's called Bites, um, and it is from Brigitte Dit and Wolfgang Dit. And it's just a little filler, basically. You have an anthill in the center that has first fourth, first through fourth place, I think, and then a zero place, basically. Um, and what you're doing is there is this long trail of cardboard food, and it's all different colors. So there's like toast, there's peppers, there's cheese, there's grapes, apples, all those things. And then at the head of the trail are different colored ants. And what you do on your turn is you pick up an ant and you move it to its color of food that is first in front of them. And then you can take a piece of food either in front of or behind the ant. And that's like stock. And then the ant that finishes to the top of the the hill, basically, will be the one with the most points. So let's say my red ant gets there first and is at the top of the hill. That ant makes apples, red, worth four points each, okay? But the cool thing is there's a whole bunch of other cards uh, that change the rules of the game. So um, some of them are if an ant gets to the, the ant heel first, they have to be on the bottom rung. Or, so you're kind of slow playing it. There's other ones that have sticks where if you move an ant past a stick, it's a minus two points. But maybe you want to rush that because you want something. There's chocolate, which isn't worth points at the end of the game, but gives you special powers. 
this is what I love about the game is that at the end of the game, you're tallying up your, you know, your food, your stocks, basically, and how much points uh, and the person with the, the most points wins the game. But you can play this. And we played it like three times on Saturday. My son was uh, couldn't go to his show choir because of a, a snowstorm. So we played it three times with he and his friend and they just loved it. And I can play with them and they have a great time. And then I can play it with you guys. And there's a rule, for instance, that you can turn in your chocolate and just move an ant that's already on the anthill down wherever you want and lay them down and nobody else can move that ant again. So there's some nice cutthroat stuff. And then there's table talk too. Let's make grapes worth a lot. Come on, let's make America grape again. Come on, let's do it. Uh, and so, so, you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's some fun table talk and it's like a 20 minute game if that, and then you can reset everything and play again. So uh, I think it's just a fun little filler, uh, that has interaction on the top of the table and it's a good time. Yeah. Nice. I, I wasn't expecting much out of it, you know, and I kind of looked at it and thought, Oh boy, what are we, what are we playing here? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, when we started playing, I started to go, Whoa, okay. Yeah. There's a little bit of strategy here about where to go and what to do. And, uh, I think the thing that I liked about it best is, is every game you they're going to do different things. Like there's different ways to mm-hmm. score and the chocolate is always going to be some sort of a different ability. So it made it, uh, you know, a lot of replayability and yeah, we played the first game and right away we were like, Hey, let's, let's put it back together and let's do it again, nice. which is, you know, very unusual for, you know, even, even a filler game. So yeah, I, I, I think this would be a good game to pick up. I think uh, hopefully maybe we can get some people to play this at PPCon because I, I, it was a fun yeah. little game. Well, we should have a copy it. there. They had mm-hmm. several copies at Aegis Team Con. Yep. Just you know, the little garage sale that he always mm-hmm. puts together. And right. I didn't pick it up there. I should have. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's totally worth it. Okay. Uh, the other game that I played, and you played too, um, I have a sad story. I don't think I'm going to get my copy, unfortunately, uh, due to not knowing to turn in my game found credits. Oh, Chad. I know. Well, look, I, I, something happened when I hit the thing to turn them in, and so I only ended up with tra- transhumanity replacement cards and no station <laughs> So that fall. was your shipment. That should have yeah. been your shipment yeah. of station fall. I see. So, okay. Well, <laughs> it's so sad. So I got to figure out what's going on. But anyway. Uh, Station Fall, designed by Ion Games and Matt Eklund, our, our good friend, um, and I would say kind of Ion Games acolyte, Joe, uh, because Pax Ren is, is slowly becoming his his number one game, mm-hmm. so Pax Renaissance. Yeah. So, uh, and with good reason. But our friend Joe uh, has the copy, and he has taught us both at different times this game, and it is c- called kind of a party game for gamers. And so you are going to uh, get like a, a personality, this this spaceship is exploding, and you have to get off before you explode, or you have to fulfill your main personality special goal, essentially, and uh, you get points for that. So basically, you have a secret hidden personality. Nobody knows uh, who you are, and you can influence basically anybody around the table. There's going to be tons of personalities, even some that aren't being played uh by people specifically. And then you may have one or two support personalities based on uh, how many people are playing the game. It plays up to nine players. I can't imagine that, but I've played like a three or four player game. 
Anyway, you are trying to take these actions, influencing people to just walk around the station and do different things, interact with terminals, um, shut down the security cameras so that you can do stuff to other people. Um, because if if the security camera cameras catch you doing different things, you could be a suspect. And back on Earth, if you get back, you might get in big trouble and not be eligible to win the game because they saw you sabotaging stuff or people. Um, you can send data on Project X back, and that might be your particular player's um, main objective because there's a sort of an alien kind of on board and uh, you could go and let that alien loose and it could take out everybody. You could help somebody get into uh, an escape shuttle and then just uh, bang it up and destroy it and then launch them inside it and it explodes. So there's a lot of mayhem that can be done. And honestly, it's one of those games where you can say, okay, I really want to win this game, but often you'll be derailed into doing the more fun thing <laughs> because it's just such a good story. So we had a lot of fun playing that. Clef, uh, what did you think of your first play of Stationfall? Um, I mean, I liked it. Um, I, I don't know if a party game should be anywhere in the sentence of this game. This game is, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a brain burner thought type of game. I, I mean, it is like trying to figure out what to do. Sure. You could have fun with it, but I mean, if you're trying to you know accomplish your goals, it's like, okay, well, if I do this and I do this and then I got to use this person, I got to throw them off the scent here. You know, I, it was very unusual on the fact that you are, you have your character, but you can, even if you wanted to, your main character, you can only activate them every other turn because you, you have to switch, uh, or I guess you could activate them. Two they turns just have less actions. You just lose less action, They're like but, exhausted. Right. So, but you're trying to use different people to try to accomplish other things. Like you might need to, uh, you got to turn on this button so that the airlocks will, you know, the air, uh, not the airlocks. So the, the security uh, locks will open. Yeah. For the escape pods is, yeah. you know, to get out of there. So you can use other people to do that, but there's certain people that will do this and there's others. And then you might want, you know, your character might want to release the alien. Other people's might want to try to, you know, like you said. So, I mean, my brain was burning while I was playing this <laughs> game. All right. Yep. I mean, um, uh, yeah. And somehow in the end, I came out winning it by tiebreakers or something. I, yeah, I you did. I may not ever play it again. I might, cause I beat Joe Farrell. That might be it. I'm done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but I mean, Joe in the same way, Joe's like, you know, he plays the game that way too, or he's like, I probably shouldn't do this, but you know, cause that's the kind of thing it you is. do, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of them is like Astro Chimp and the Astro Chimp is just to collect shiny things because the monkey <laughs> likes shiny things. Yeah. That's really what you do. And there's another one that we didn't play with cause it's a lot more uh, complicated, but it's a telepathic rat that just commands other people to do stuff and I'm so surprised joe didn't want that in the in he, the game he was being nice to us he definitely <laughs> wants to play he loves that rat but like it is a lot harder to understand what's going right, on right, and right. really first game honestly that is the biggest uh hurdle with this is the first play slash teach um and joe's a good teacher but i think like just looking at the board and all these cards and that's why i don't know why you'd ever play with nine because everybody has to be able to read he's got multiple dossiers but even then like seeing all those cards and who's in control and what the iconography of the board is it starts to make sense but at first holy cow it's really daunting so i don't i mean i didn't think it was that bad of a teach um you know it was the first time i think joe had kind of taught like really had taught the game to brand new people but I, I mean, I thought I caught on pretty quick. Uh, what I'll tell you is the downfall to the game for me is it took Joe probably 20 minutes to set it up. 
Yeah, it I mean, can it be a bear a to set it up. A lot of setup. And I mean, a lot of these tokens and going here and got to do this. And then obviously got to pick the characters and, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, just to talk about the uh, the Astro Trimp, that was the best part of our game is we, the Astro Trimp had a gun and he was just going around <laughs> and just shooting people. So it was it was kind of funny. We had all the security cameras turned off. So, I mean, you could go and just shoot whatever. <laughs> I, I was like a security I'm, bot and I was going to get, no, I was a health bot and I was going to get points oh, for dragging people. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I got more points if I drug an unconscious person onto the shuttle. Yeah. So like I would keep... Somebody would uh, somebody revive them, and then I and then they kept getting knocked out, and so I I I drag them one corridor further, and then they get revived again. And I mean that guy had massive head trauma. I think by the end of the game, <laughs> but, like, but hurt back up, hurt yeah, back up. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. There's just so many. There's even a shortcut to like put on a helmet and go outside the station and kind of slingshot around to the top where the other escape pods are. But, you know, you can totally rush to the front if you've got a character that you can control near that can just bash stuff up there so that that person's can't get in the airlock yeah, anymore can, you, and is just yeah. set in space, you yeah, know? You can uh, yeah, destroy the airlock <laughs> yeah. so you can't get back in. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So uh, there's, there's tons no, of stuff. No, I'm to really do. looking. I, I want to play this again. I, I really enjoyed it. So, Chad, I'm really looking forward to playing your cop. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Salt in the wound. <laughs> you did that. What was the other game that you forgot to fill out the the pledge manager? Not that long ago, I thought. I don't think it was. It wasn't me. Okay, I've was, never done that before. Else. That's why it was a big shocker. I'm pretty Whoa. sure it was you, but. <laughs> uh, you, you got to play the barrage map. We Speaking of stuff that we just all recently got in, all those things from Anunnaki, the the kickstarter stuff we got yeah, all those yeah. extra i got uh yeah so i got some new stuff for newton uh which i got to try out too uh you know yeah fine you know, fine yeah. i mean uh, you know it's just a kind of a different path or whatever for the students to move up but uh and then um i got the new stuff for lorenzo mm -hmm. which uh, i did get to try out both of those new player powers do you find the rules for uh, the yes. one mm -hmm. okay yeah, found the rules for it and i played so the the one of the new powers is Every time you put a leader into play, you got to activate one of these blue uh, chips. Tokens, yeah. Tokens. And then, like, so then, like, so you play your second leader, you get to activate another blue chip, and you get to activate the first one that you already oh, okay. And then, like, so, but if you, like, if you play your sixth one, you're just activating, or fifth one, you're just activating all your all chips. chips. And then every time you play a leader after that. Richie, take a guess at how many leaders I had in play when Brian said... I quit. Let's stop playing. <laughs> what a guess. Uh, did you get all five in? I had 14 leaders <laughs> in play oh my with gosh. two still in my hand. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I had, okay, like literally. How are you any, getting that many leaders? Well, like any card that gave me leaders, I would go after. Right, right, right. Okay. Plus, I got a yellow building that let me discard a special token to draw another leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you start with two extra leaders with that plot, that power. So I just, I don't know. I just kept getting leader after leader. Is this before or after he bashed your head in, in barrage? Cause I wouldn't uh, have after, let him off the hook. Uh, <laughs> I think it was after that was let him, barrage you, like, you're taking your beating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like round five and he was like, all right, I, I give. <laughs> 
I was like, this is the greatest power ever. Yeah, now, you get 14 liters in here. I mean, yeah, I didn't, I couldn't even keep track of everything right. that I got <laughs> off of my liters. Uh, all right. Anyways, and then the last thing was the new Barrage stuff, which obviously was the the biggest uh, of the stuff because it had a brand new map in it. And then it had a couple of new powers. So uh, one of the new powers is anytime you f- uh, normally would just put water up on a head stream, you can immediately have it flow. Or if you get an immediate flow, you can actually don't have to have it flow. You can just stick it straight into your dam. So like oh, if somebody really yeah, has blocked you, you can, it's a way for you to still get water into your dam. Um, and then the other one, and I did figure out this player power. So this one is, is every time you completed a, you ran water. And if you completed a contract, you would, let's say you ran water for six and you completed a contract of three you would take that difference and that's all you would move up. So you'd only move up three on the, on the track, mm-hmm. but every time you made it past like one of the the humps, like the six, the 12, the 18 or whatever, that whatever round it would be in, that's where you would start at for the next round. Oh, okay. So, uh, we kind of learned that almost, it was almost better just to run water a couple of times early, early without yeah. doing a contract. Mm-hmm. So you got the full like pump up and then that way you're starting at a much higher spot every single time. So, uh, so both of them are fairly cool powers. Um, we, we both, we kind of switch back and forth. We, so I've played each one of them, but, uh, the map itself, there's a really new thing on there. That's a big difference. And that's this irrigation, uh, area. So there's a bunch of tokens on the board in three, and there's a, uh, an irrigation area in each, like the upper part, the middle part and the, and the lower part. And, Anytime you have water in your dam, and it has to be your dam, it can't be a neutral dam, that's on one of these spots, you can take an action there to remove one of your water to take one of these tokens. And then that token, you can activate it. You can activate only one of them per turn, but you can activate it whenever you want to. And I mean, there's stuff out there like get two brown uh, concrete mixers. There's uh, get, uh, you know, uh, run to water. You know, there's all kind of cool things out there. Plus now at the end of the round, each one of them is going to have like a water and irrigation value. And whoever has the highest irrigation value is going to score like three points. Plus there's other points that they'll reveal. And then the next person gets like some, you know, like less. And then whoever's last loses two points. So it kind of encourages you to go after these irrigation tiles. Um, and I mean, they're they're really good. And it's honestly, it, it actually played into... Brian's hands, who's my friend Brian, who has played this game something like, I don't know, 4 billion times online or something like that. Um, but he doesn't run water almost until like round three now. Like he just can set himself up. He doesn't even need to. Mm-hmm. Well, this almost gave him the power to like continue to do stuff and yet not even have to like, I literally was running water like with no, like for four rounds. And he, he I don't even think he ran water for four rounds. And still beat me by like a hundred points by the end of the game. <laughs> well, I mean, he does he have a hundred so. wins on board game uh, arena. He is, so. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, do you want to know what to do to counteract this? And I was like, no, like, I'm just, I'm not playing you in barrage anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to other people who don't know this game so well. Uh, but it was cool. I mean, if you like barrage, you're gonna like this. I mean, it's a, it's a unique new thing, and it made the game feel much different. I mean, uh, surprisingly for yet, it still obviously felt like you're playing barrage. So, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend this and to anybody who got it to to give it a shot. I've only played it at two players. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I I can't uh, comment. I know, uh, uh, Jake and, uh, Joey Freustad and, uh, 
I can't remember. I think it was Jordan Hopper. They all got in a, I think it'd be a three or four player game of it. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to try it at more players, but yeah, it was great. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was nice stuff. It was, I was, you know, I was happy with everything I got, you know? So Yeah. Those were all good uh, promos for the most part. Just yeah. n- nice new stuff in the, in their all, a lot of their games. So yeah. I remember that. So yeah. Sounds good. Good deal. All right. Richard, well, what about you? What what were you playing while you were not at Great Plains Game Festival? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> I was just uh, parenting at that point. Uh, but this past weekend, I did get to play an expansion, a standalone expansion for at what at one point was Clef's top game of 2019. Do you know what uh, game that is, Clef? Is it Mario Kaibo? No, Wingspan. I knew that was going to be oh, Wingspan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got to play yeah. Wingspan Asia, which is a standalone. And I didn't even know Jessica liked Wingspan as much as apparently she does. Because she was just in, because Knox has been, uh, like, when I'm over here, or, you know, just away from the house, she's, he's been bugging her to play games. So wow. he took her into the game room, and she saw that I had the Wingspan Asia box. She's like, I didn't know there was an expansion for Wingspan. I was like, several expansions for Wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> but, and she wanted to play it. So uh, in, in this expansion, there's two different modes. There's the duet mode, which is just a two-player standalone version of the game. And then you could also expand it and I think play up to seven players, which I don't know who wants to do that. Uh, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> But the, the two-player mode actually works pretty well. Uh, so what it adds, so it's still, the, the, the basics of the game are, for the most part, still the same. You're still playing bird cards, you know, getting eggs, getting food, uh, drawing cards, and doing all the different stuff. Do they have the wild resource in there now? No, that's the Oceanic Right, I just wondered if they... You can play the Oceanic expansion with this. So okay. On the opposite side of the, the Asian uh, board that they, you get, you can play with that expansion as well. Cool. So, uh, but with this, it adds the duet board and you both get tokens. Uh, they're like the yin yang tokens, but you don't actually ever put them together, but, uh, you, you both get those tokens and I think you have 15 of them. And every time that you play a bird card, you will get to place one of your tokens on this new map. And, uh, the duet map has all the different regions. So like the woodlands, the meadow and, uh, the, the wetlands, and then it has a bunch of the different symbols from the game. So like the different nest types, the different, uh, like if one of them's like if the beak is pointing a certain way, the different food types, all that different stuff. So whenever you play a bird card, you can take one of your tokens and you can place it on in that whatever region you put it in, you can place it on one of the uh, features that matches the bird that you just played. And now instead of the end of round, you know, you have those end of round tokens that are, you know, whatever they could be for a bunch of different things. All of the end of round tokens now are centered around the duet board. So it's either, you know, get, a, you know, a, you know, majority in certain areas, have the most on certain food types, different things like that. Uh, but then also at the end of the game, you will get for your largest contiguous group on the board uh, on that duet board, you're going to get points equal to how many you strung together. Uh, so you have a little bit more interaction because you, you're seeing what you're because obviously you have the end of round interaction that you are both going for. But you are also trying to block them from making a large group out there because they're going to get a ton of points off of that. So I like that little switch up. And honestly, wingspan, a two player, I think, is all that's needed. It was quick, you know, snappy back and forth turns. Uh, but then just having that center 
focus around that duet map, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, it's nothing that, you know, it's not like it's going to jump up to one of my favorite games of the year, like Clef, but I think it's a solid game. Do you still have Wingspan? Because your wife likes Wingspan a lot, doesn't she? Uh, she? She does, does. so I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you could get rid of the big box Wingspan and just buy this yeah, small box. Duet, right. duet mode. And, and you can only play duet. And it's standalone. And you, you Thank get a goodness full she deck. doesn't listen to the podcast, so <laughs> she'll never know. I'll let her know on my way out. <laughs> oh, let's pass on that. And I think it's even on sale at the point. At this point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought, I saw that uh, that riff kind of like um, on the Viticulture board when they added that. Yeah, when the, the, the countries where you're going to play. The Tuscany your, yep. uh, uh, expansion, yeah. Yeah, so. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so it's a solid little standalone expansion, uh, and if you know if it's something if you've been wanting to get into Wingspan, or if you like Clef, but you're you're nicer than Clef, and you didn't sell your wife's favorite game. Yeah, it's not her favorite game, but <laughs> you're selling Merlin, and that's her favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, although you can't really sell Merlin because you get any biters on Merlin. Big uh, box. No, no, <laughs> no, no I did sell 19 of the 25 games I brought to Game Play, Great Plains Game good. Festival yeah. and swap me. Though. I, I brought a lot of like $5 games stuff and yeah, sold a lot of that stuff. So That's good. 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 I was pretty happy about that. So Good. Uh, you know what? I, I did want to throw out one more. It hasn't been a recent play, but I did want to talk about it because a couple of things happened here for, for me to want to talk about this. And that is a game that uh, our friend Jake Clark has been uh, very uh, high on here of late, and that is Guards of Atlantis 2. Now, I don't think either one of you guys have had a no, chance I, I to No, I do want this, Jake to, so. to teach me, though. Yeah. It's kind of like a team skirmish game, right? With uh, minis? Yeah, yeah, you are definitely, you will play definitely teams, so you either got to have even numbers, so either two, four, six. Uh, I got to play it at six, so it was a three-on-three, three, uh, where most of the other players kind of knew what they were doing. Uh, but yeah, you're, you have a, a set of, you have a certain hero that you'll have and you'll have a deck of cards that then you get to play these cards to either maneuver your, you know, your little minis out there and you're, you're trying to kill these, um, I, Jake, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this, 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 <laughs> how would it play, but you kill these little, little things and then that helps you boost her up and then you're, but you're trying to then kick the other team into a, like another <laughs> area. I don't know. I just remember Jake kept telling me, just try to kill one of these things every single time. So that's all that I would try to do is kill one of these things. And then I don't know. And some happened. We won. I, it was a fine game. It was, I, I, I think probably I probably should have played it at two player, maybe first just to maybe get a little bit better of a right. feel uh, as opposed to the six player game. But uh, I, I know this, I mean, I think Jake played this game like, four times at Great Plains Game Festival this weekend. I mean, uh, Joe played so, it two or three. Yeah, I mean, nice. he is he is really, really uh, hot on it. He, he really enjoys it. So I know if that's a game you're wanting to try, I guarantee you, you ask Jake at PVCon and he will play it for you. So, Definitely. Uh, we, we actually got an uh, email in talking. Uh, somebody said, uh, his name is Tom. He emailed us and said, hey, I know you guys were talking about Concordia Venus in the, like, the team game. He goes, Hey, if you like team games, you should try to get Guards of Atlantis too because it's the best team game out there. Mm -hmm. So we need to hook Tom and Jake up because they sound go. like they would have a lot of fun <laughs> That's together. Right. Unless Tom is just a fake email that Jake has made up. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Jake. I wouldn't put it past Jake. <laughs> no, but hey, Tom, we appreciate that email letting us know that. So, but yeah. Um, the I designer on yeah. there is 
I don't. I think this is right. The designer is Artyom uh, Nichipurov, and uh, it is Wolf Designer, is what it looks like. And that it's also supposed to be like a MOBA style game, which okay. yeah. I'm not familiar I, enough with video games. I think you will like it, Richie. I'm excited to I, try. Yeah, it. Yes, I really it's a do. Richie game. I don't know if Chad will like it. I'll be. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh, I personally, you know, like La Familia was the game that I really liked as a as a two on two type of game. Um, that's that new game from Capstone that I right. talked about last episode. But um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I just remembered I had never talked about that and I wanted to yeah. uh, at least give that a shout out. So now, Chad. Yes. You got to be on uh, Tabletop Express with our good friend, uh, Ryan. Yes, Ryan Espen. Uh, he was doing his top 20 games. So they're all on the channel. They're all doing it right now. And uh, they each get to have a special guest on when they talk about their particular top 20 games. And he, he picked me. Um, and it was, I, it was hard to be without you guys. I talked about you Aww. actually a lot. <laughs> um, but it was probably good that you weren't there because there were uh, no, right. there's a little bit of spoiler. There were some 18xx talks. So. I, say I watched it. And yeah, yeah it's probably best that we weren't there. <laughs> well, Just well, for the, but I like the rest of your list, Ryan. Yeah. The rest of your oh, list yeah. was fantastic. He really liked it. Minus those 18xx games. Yeah. Mm, how many? How many? <laughs> Age how many of Steam was talking? on there. There's only two. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. not so bad. That's too too many. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Being that's too too many. <laughs> yeah, he, he had Age of Steam on there. That's, yeah, he I did. Mean, that makes yeah. up that that mm-hmm. you know. Okay. We gotta we gotta get him playing some more Age of Steam though. Uh, so, but but right now it's it's sitting there and and we're gonna get him playing some more. I think it'll shoot up his list. But I just want to say you know they have a really great community there. I love Ryan being a part of our community. We all, we even got uh, a, a nice little shout out from Ruel Gaviola who actually is on Rado's uh, Rado yeah. Runs Through channel and uh, he oh. said I I listened to Punchboard Paradise. I like you guys. Love what you do. So that was really that was nice because Ruel's oh. Ruel's big stuff too and uh, he kind of hangs out in their in their channel a lot. So oh, it was nice cool. to hear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start going through the other uh, the top other top 20s. 20, so. Yeah, definitely tune in. Oh, and one other bit of news while we're on news. Um, very, very soon, Trax, T-R-A-X-X, uh, which is kind of that Colorado contingent over there, they're, um, they're releasing on Kickstarter their new spring mainline issue, which is actually big just because they have a mainline spring issue coming out and it will have a new age of steam map in it among other things. Uh, so a new age of steam map in there and some 18 XX variant maps mm. as well. <laughs> but even better for us, for us Nebraskans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's all about the union Pacific. So it's pretty cool. Hey, yeah. Right here in Omaha. yeah. So there's going to be a UP map for age of steam. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I feel check like we it out. Come up with that. Why am I working on Manhattan, Manhattan. Yeah. 1929? <laughs> You're such a sophisticate. Uh, I don't know. If, okay, sure. All right. <laughs> yeah, so that drops in a couple of days. Check that out. We're chomping at the bit to do this review. I know we are. I know we are. I'm ready. It's like I mean, chomping at the bit like a horse. I hope you give me like give me like 20 minutes because that's how much a I'm going to talk about this game. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, chomping at the bit. I get it now. I was a little slow. <laughs> took you a while. Took me a minute yeah. there. I was like, uh, I'm so ready to talk about it. I don't even want to hear your puns. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk about our review of Horseless Carriage from Jeroen Dauman and Joris Versinga. Splatter Games. 
So in this game, we are very early automobile magnets trying to build up our factories and sell plenty of cars. Each round, we are going to be doing research based on the tiles that we've built into our uh, factory space uh, that allows us to research certain technologies. These technologies will be important because certain breakthrough technologies are going to be important to the people who want to buy these cars. And then after, after we have researched, we go into checking turn order marker, and then we are going to start building our factories. The weird thing about this with building your factories, you have a ton of tiles uh, and you can kind of put in any piece of tile into your factory that you have enough research on. Or if you're near the top in turn order, you can go off of some other people's research and you can put as many of those into your factory as you can fit. But that's the problem. What do you fit? How do you fit it? Um, how do you connect everything together? Uh, you have to have a dealership as well, and that has to connect to what's called your main line. That is basically like the model of car you are making because you can make a classic car, a sports car, or a pickup truck. All of those are different sizes and have different needs. And so you're constantly trying to set things up in a very puzzle-like fashion and swearing quite frequently. After that finishes, you will get another bigger tile to tack on to your main factory board. So that is kind of the, the timer for the game. And you're going to be tacking that on somewhere where you hope to grow your factory, basically. So you'll kind of basically get more space on which to build your tiles next round. After that, basically, we'll get to sell our cars out there on the board. Uh, so there is already some demand that has been seeded on the board prior to the first round. And that will change as players go. But you are going to be, based on the size of your dealership and your advertising, you're going to be placing these little windows out over the space of the needs on the board. These are uh, buyers that are ready to purchase these kind of cards as long as they conform to a certain technology that is needed on the X and Y axis of the board, basically. And that will increase. You'll have more needs as the game goes on because basically like the automobile industry, buyers expect more and more technologies. So you will have to have to grow as you do this. But you get to place your window over and each round then of the sales rounds, you will be fulfilling as much as you can in these little squares that your windows have fit over. So players are trying to uh, overlap and try to sell cars out from under other people or try to sell the higher level cars, the more expensive cars before other people can. And that will go until all the needs have either been fulfilled or the capacities of the factories have been exhausted. And then at that time, we will reseed the main board and players will have a chance, kind of like in Food Chain Magnate, uh, to kind of decide how long they want the game to go. And they will play out cards to sectors of the board that will seed it with car demands, but also those cards will have little time clocks on them. And this these time clocks on these cards, in addition to certain tracks on the board that players will be moving over, will speed up the game. So you can kind of decide based on your strategy and what other people are doing, whether you want to rush the game or slow play the game, uh, gives you some player agency. Uh, basically, it will play at a max of seven rounds, but earlier than that, if players rush the game. And then the players with the most money are the winners. 
And that rules explanation was about the first thing I heard, and I was as confused as whatever the heck Chad just said. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you did a wonderful you job. You did a fantastic job. It's just this game. I is... just don't know anybody who doesn't know this game is going to understand half of what was just said. It's just it's it's tough. There's just a lot going on, and and a lot of the stuff is just yeah. So, anyways, you read the rule book, right? Right. You were the first one to teach me this. How do you feel like the rule book was? I don't feel the rule book is great only because you are talking about a tile laying game and that tile laying game is really it it needs examples i feel like and there are are some but they're not perfect examples apparently according to richie there's one page of the rule book that tells you <laughs> everything I, honestly once i saw <laughs> once i saw the that one example that that's what grounded me and i understood the game at that point but it's it is tough. I I mean I watched uh, a lot of playthroughs and after watching the playthroughs I didn't know what was going on and yeah. it, it's uh I mean once you know it it's not it it's nothing difficult but it it's hard to grok. For really some I don't even know if I but would I say wouldn't that. not not that it's not difficult. It's, <laughs> well like I'm terrible at spatial puzzles so the game was going to be hard no matter what. But I mean once you know the rules. It makes sense. It feels like Feast for Odometers is what I've said, uh, because you basically have all these little pieces that need to fit together. And there, uh, it feels like there are a lot of edge cases. And like, because I, I haven't even gone into the upper level of things and all these little arrows that come out that are different colors that are based on the technology and where they have to point to and how they attach. And then the cubes that come out because they're the arrow. They show that those arrows have fulfilled that thing. And it's, it's, and it, we haven't talked about the fact that it is super fiddly. Holy cow, is it fiddly? Yes. And you you can't wear <laughs> what splatter game is. Aren't you? Yes, but you can't wear long sleeves, uh, long draggy <laughs> sleeves with this game. No. If you move your sleeve across the board, you've wiped out your factory. <laughs> like there's it, it is so it is so sensitive. Uh, yes, I, I will agree with that. Now, real quick, because so, we're you know we start off we're talking about the rule book here and, and learning the rules. Um, someone else read the rule book. Uh, our savant, Mr. Joe, yep. and said, this is a fine rule book. I understand the game completely after reading the rule book. So I've never read the rule book. So I haven't gonna, either. So I'm going to say. I, I would just say, uh, and, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best at that sort of thing. But I would just say that, like, if you are somebody who can read, like, a 20-page rule. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I thought you were going to make a confession. If you are somebody who can read uh, like a 30 page instruction booklet that has no pictures in it, maybe that that does better for you. But I need to have some examples for some of this stuff. I think uh, Joe is really good at uh, you know, the, the minutia of, of the, of the rules and just picking apart the words, I guess I'm not, I, I just, I mean, I have to tell this story because it was, it was funny, but we were, this was Friday night at great plains game festival. And so, uh, Corey and our good old Ryan Brockman and me and Joe Farrell sat down to play. Okay. Now Ryan and I had only had the one play with you, Chad. Okay. Right. So where we, and we were still confused on some things. I mean, we were, those squares, we were leaving them in place the first game. You know, there was some things, right. okay? Well, then Ryan had started to learn that he could play online, right? So there was an online implementation of the game. And so he had started figuring some things out. 
So when we started to go, I go, well, Ryan, can you teach? Because I don't feel comfortable teaching. And Ryan's <laughs> like, no, I'm not teaching. I'm like, okay. So I started to teach. And Joe would ask me questions. He'd be like, so what is it like? the? Because it has the little... Uh, um, not would well, not player's guide, but the little uh yeah, player's aid, aid right? Player's there. aid, yeah. And he'd be like, What's a main line? And I'd go, I don't know. <laughs> he'd go, What's a spec? I don't know. <laughs> I told you <laughs> that stuff. We're tra- and so we're talking about the the puzzle and everything, and, and we're like, Okay, can this go here? And Brockman would go, Hold on. And he would go to his phone to see if he could do it <laughs> do online. <laughs> and then at some point, Joe goes, I'm out. <laughs> and he took Rightfully the rule book so. and he just sat there. So we, the three of us played the game, right? Mostly wrong, I'm sure. And we just sat there and all of a sudden Joe would be like, oh, this makes perfect, perfect sense. And then he would explain something. And it was like, oh, okay. So, um, but it was, it was just kind of funny. It was just like, uh, he was like, I mean, he's literally trying to figure out how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had one edge case, I think, because then we played it again that next night. I played we play with, it next night. Yep. And, I, I, and Clef was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, I want Joe to explain it. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. And believe me, I, here's, here's how you play this game, though. I'm not kidding you. Here's, here's what you'll hear like every five minutes in this game. Hey, Richie, look at my board. Does this look okay? <laughs> is this okay? Is this legal? <laughs> is this legal? Can I do this? And you look at the other person and go, I don't know. <laughs> I can barely do my own board. <laughs> no, I was following around, uh, along, uh, you know, on on Slack. And when I heard that Joe had read the, the rule book, I was, I felt much more comfortable. I was like, okay, by the time they can, by the time I get to the game with them, they'll know how to play. Well, on, on, you're right. Cause on Saturday, like I said, when we played the game with Joe and some others, he was wear, also wearing his t-shirt that said, I read the rules. So you don't have to, <laughs> I mean, nice. I think there's still a lot of edge cases that you're still not I mean, Cause even the other night we were asking like, did you have to have double arrows if you had double main lines? Right. 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 And now we have found out that that's not the case. Right. You do not need the double arrows. So I have claimed that I've won uh, Tuesday night's game because I mean you weren't even I could have built another car. I would have built another main line, but I couldn't because okay. I couldn't remember I tried to put my arrows in the loading zone. And Mason still would have won. Uh, Mason's good at the game. Mason is Mason very is, good at the my, game. My, <laughs> hey, I taught him well. Um now, Chad, one rule that I don't and, and maybe you're now gonna say, yeah, that's what I told you, and I maybe I misunderstood. But the loading dock, I don't even know if this is a review or it's just talking about the game now, but <laughs> the loading dock, right? You, you know, you can't put stuff next to it, but you can only not put stuff on that white, white line. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, just how the taught, line. that's how you taught I, us. I so. thought on Saturday no, night you told me I couldn't not cover at all. that up. I was saying you can't cover up the white line. Yeah, but I wasn't trying to cover you up the white You can't build line. white line to white line and stuff like that. I understand you can't build white line to white line. You got to build on <laughs> Okay, this. you were trying to cover it up. <laughs> All right, back to the review. <laughs> Art and components. <laughs> oh gosh, Art and components. Uh, you know, it's it's like what everybody complains with with a splatter game. It is it is very like classic splatter. Yeah, the board looks like a prototype. Although I will say my I I do have issue like the frames and the the tech uh, boards where you're moving up the tech. Mm-hmm. They something should have been done about those when they made the game. Like okay. There, there's no reason that they could not have figured that out. Okay. So let's start off. The first thing that Richie's talking about is you have these frames and they're in three different sizes and they're just little pieces of plastic. Like plastic. Yeah. Okay? Very and thin, very, very thin, thin plastic. And you have to lay them out on the board to kind of show your dealership's range of where it can sell. And they're floppy. Yeah. And then other people got to put it on top. And then there's obviously all these cars and all these, uh, these little spark things that are all out there. And to get these off, it is 
You need two people. Yeah. You do. You have to pinch it at the, at the corner. person's got to grab. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a good chance. <laughs> uh, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I need to go take a shower. And you should feel uncomfortable because right. it does not feel right when you're doing it. And right. there's a good chance you're going to mess up something on the board. Oh, yeah. You will. You're doing smear, it. smear the cars all over. Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, to me, that. That's got to be hard, though, to fix because you do have to be able to lay it on top of each other. So it can't be anything like right. thick. It, but they could. I mean, the board, there could have been bigger like alleys in the board so that even if you made it thicker and then like put something that where you can lift up there. There was a solution. <laughs> I would have even been fine plexiglass. And then I just mark the boxes where I'm selling. <laughs> And I can just er easily erase my little dots. They already did that roads and boats. I can't look at that. <laughs> I don't want to see. There's so many. There's there's solutions other than just those flimsy plastic. Okay. Squares. Right. Now, the second thing you're talking about, I totally agree with. So they have these tech, uh, you know, tree things or whatever. Yep, they're they're bars that things. fit along the X and Y and axis. When you're playing, especially four, player, four or five players, you've got all these pieces on them and they're in different spots. Plus, you have this little minimum bar that's on there. Well, you've got to switch these things in and out. Well, you pick it round. up, you know, every round, you yeah. accidentally bump, boom, you you know, they've fallen all over the place, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, I do know our good friend at 3d Bitspace is working on something to try to make that, uh, more manageable, but yes, I agree. Well, plus I, if you look up there, you can't see what technology you're that's right. The that's thing the that other thing. Really all like. the pieces cover up the actual yeah. technology. Yeah. So you don't know what you have access to. Yeah. You've always got to move the pieces to try to see what's now there is that handy player aid on the back, but I don't know. I just want to look out of the board and see what right. it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. But I mean, honestly, cause Dan Domi posted in our, our Slack, his copy of Indonesian. And honestly, Indonesia is probably the worst because if you want like a functional, Nice coffee in Indonesia. You just have to make it yourself. Yeah. Right. He's like, <laughs> for the most part, look at this. I, I made this, I made uh, this game. It's called Indonesia. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, most uh, people who really like Indonesia probably have like 10% of the actual original that, Indonesia yes. game. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not as bad as that, but no, no. I mean, it's, I mean, the other things are fine. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the pieces or whatever. I mean, they're yeah, I got no, I got no there. problem except for those frames and those, those yeah. bars. Yeah. I'd agree. I just, that, the, those the cars look been nice, done better. nice little sports cars and trucks. And you know, I, I mean, think, I think splatter next time should kickstart oh. a game okay. and you could just, and then like have this list of check boxes and you could just, they basically, you could, you could crowdfund the <laughs> components. Like I want otters, <laughs> I want donkeys. <laughs> and then I want like, can we, can we have like minis for this or like art for but that? Let's be honest. Why? I mean, they know we're going to pay the 120 bucks yeah, to buy the game. Why do they care if the we, components are good? We're we, the we dumbest who keep buying it. <laughs> we slapped that money down before we even knew what the game. We I, knew what the game was about. We uh, before we knew like what the mechanisms were of the game or anything. I don't care. So, yeah. They could say they're coming out with a new game tomorrow, and I'd say here's I'm not my saying, 120 dollars. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not saying that this has changed yeah. anything you know, yes. my opinion of splatter right. or anything like that. It's just, you know, those two yes. things definitely need some type of fix. Uh, I'll throw right. one more in the arrows. Okay. Just make a red and a green. Just stop this weird color, whatever the backgrounds, the, the just, backgrounds it's are not necessary. And, and Quite honestly, they're they're out wrong. You have to get stickers to fix them if you want to. I don't uh, even know if you know that. Yeah, like there's there's yeah, a certain one of the arrows that are yeah. not printed correctly, so you have to get stickers. I don't even care because now I just I just grab a red arrow. I don't care about the shape. <laughs> now, if they were printed so. correctly, it would work. 
Yeah, but it's it not even sense, necessary. I mean, it's not I mean, necessary. All you're looking for is a red arrow to know that you have a red, mm-hmm. you know, cube on there. I don't, anyway, so, all right. We could spend all day on the components and art. Well, the art is non-existent. What we could <laughs> yes. spend, what we could spend all day on, is the gameplay. So, well, yeah. yes, that is. Well, should we start on gameplay? Let's do it. All right. So, Chad, tell tell everybody what you think of the gameplay. So, the factory part is pretty heads down. Uh, this is very much like the put up your screen for antiquity and build your build your uh, agreed your your town, but now it's your factory. Um, it is really. This is the brain burning part. You're you're constantly making really tough decisions because you want to put in you want to have more research points. You want to put that kind of planning chart on there, but then you also need to make sure you leave uh, part of your main line open so that when the D research comes up, you've got to have some room for that. But you also want to put more advertisement by your uh, by your car dealership. I mean, it is constantly constantly making tough decisions and you know that you can't do everything you want and you're just always hoping that it still leaves you in good sitting for the sell because if you're not in good sitting and all of a sudden some somebody is able to move up the research track our cars are going to cost a lot more and you can't fulfill those things or you know it it just it it feels (laughs) it feels awful well i mean to me, and I was thinking about this the other night, and I think I said it to Richie too, or possibly, is I think the best part about this game is the player order. And, and, and splatters usually do player order very well. Like, I mean, player order matters in a splatter game. Almost every single splatter game, player order matters a lot. And in this game, not only does player order matter, but it will matter on whether, because when you do the, like, you know, where the player order is, one way goes the engineering, which is going to allow you to kind of copy other people's things so you don't have to go up those research tracks. Yeah. But if you're on the other end, you get to sell first, which obviously can be a huge thing if you're fighting over different areas with somebody. And I, that's just genius. I mean, that, that to me is, yeah, I mean, the building of the factory is very interesting, but that's the genius part of this game. And that's where those, those Gantz come in and, you know, like where you're going to spend your Gantz and which order you want to go in. Uh, yeah, I mean, that to me is, is really where this game shines. Another nice planning chart, uh, planning thing is that research at the beginning where based on how many research things you have in your factory, you get to move up a track for, or you get to move up your capacity because you can only, uh, every factory or main line can only ever build five cars, no more. Uh, and that gets really important towards the end of the game where the board is going to be seated with lots and lots of things, possibly. So you really want to make sure you go up that capacity track, but you've got a whole bunch of other things that you have to research so you can uh, so you can sell cars. Because if you, if you don't have the research that people are demanding, you can't sell anything. So being ahead on that track and moving for research is important. But also, if you are high up on that track and somebody doesn't have that research you could actually move their player piece up on the research because Mm -hmm. the rule is that if you are in like first place, you can choose. If anybody else has that technology, you can do it. If you're in second place in engineering, you can, if any two people have it, you can do it. So it it just kind of like you're moving other people up just to get you that. And you're hoping that it doesn't help them too much too. Cause sometimes when that happens, people are like, Oh, okay. Well, I can build one of those things now. I hadn't planned on that. That's nice. Sure. Yeah. So that's a great decision point too. Yeah. I mean, with that, you can, you know, in 
you see this a lot in splatters where you can take advantage of other people <laughs> for your own benefit. Mm-hmm. And definitely with that tech uh, track, you can you can definitely do that. And there is one point and I mean, I, I'm terrible at this game. And I all, probably always will be, yeah. but I had a plan because Brockman he he'll pump people up all day long. Yeah, he yeah. he moves He's people. He's really up. good at that. Yeah. So there was a point where because me and Clef were kind of in the top quadrant selling cars at one point because, and I don't think we've even talked about this, but the, with those bars, there's only two of the tech bars out that matter each round, but they'll keep swapping in and out. And I kept pushing. Uh, one of the tech bars that wanted to keep coming back. And then I was just hoping that everyone else would be behind. Um, that didn't happen, but <laughs> <laughs> there was one point where I needed one more cube and I needed to be moved one more time on this track. And you can only move yourself once each round. So I was hoping that Brockman would push me, but Corey had snuck up and he was in the same spot and he ended up pushing Corey, which completely screwed me. Cause I could, I could not get the part I needed, which means I couldn't sell the cars I had put out which means Clef sold those cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, I mean, just the the interaction is great in the game. And it and it I, off of your first play, I don't think you'll necessarily see that. But uh, once you play some more, there's some fun interaction yeah, to be I, had. I, I remember the very first time Chad taught this, and it was just the three of us. And I thought, wow, there's really not that much interaction in this game. I mean, really, we're just trying to sudden there's plenty of cars out there. It's like, no, because we played the uh, the the base get where the, the, whatever they suggest only playing with cars to start with. Right. You know, and it just didn't seem all that interactive or whatever. Yeah. That is completely wrong. So I'm yeah. just, no, it's very interactive. There's tons of, there's tons of drinking each other's milkshakes. And mm. what's really great is when you get to gloat about, you know, drinking somebody's milkshake and then you go to the next round to look at your factory board and you're like, Oh, oh crap. I hate oh, my our crap. When we get to that building factory, that's my favorite part and also my least favorite part. I, I <laughs> yeah. absolutely hate myself every every round. Yeah, yeah. like who's running this factory? Yeah, you're they're, ex- they're an idiot. Yeah, you're excited like oh, and then you're like oh yeah. <laughs> Why are there so many Gantt charts oh, everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> who's putting in all these Gantt charts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me <laughs> and that Gantt chart, by the way. So the two things you do start out with is you start out with the planning, uh, the planning. Thing, the planning chart or planning uh, reports, research, uh, research, research yeah. basically. And then you have the Gantt chart, which is basically like points that you get uh, based on how many is in your factory. That's what you can spend to uh, choose player order. So again, you don't have to go first. If you really want to sell something and you're worried about being able to sell it, you can, you can always choose to go last too. Or you can choose not to spend your points and hope that player order stays the same. So yeah. it's interesting. The ghosts. Um, uh, so, I mean, I don't, I think we can all already know what this is about to say, but, uh, replayability, uh, Chad, I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's high, it's high replayability. Cause I, I just feel like there's tons of strategies. We've tried it like, okay, I'm just going to go pick up truck, which really sucks by the way, because if you're not very good at the game, it takes up a whole huge space right off the bat. Um, cause it's the biggest car. So that is hard. Or you could say, you know, Clef just tried one main line and really being efficient and chaining it out really far. And, uh, that's, that can be hard to do too, but you're always going to be focused like a lot of other splatters on what is everybody else doing? So the game that, uh, that I tried to catch Mason on the other night, but was not able to, is I saw that Clef was going into into uh, sports cars and he was going to be be able to corner the market. And so right right away on like 
turn two, I was like, I got, I got to get in on that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so you just have to have plays like that. It's, it, that's basically what you're doing. It's just like food chain magnate in that way. You know, you see somebody going down a road and, and you, and you basically have to compete with them. Yeah. 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 Uh, cause I, I, I said the other day, I tried to do like the sports car thing. Like if you, if you build a sports car first, you're not going to sell anything in the first round. Cause there is absolutely no chance of a sports car coming out in the first round. You have to put out a, what is called a spark, which is just basically a buyer that will always, every round will put out a, a certain item there. Um, but I think that right away, I think you need to start to put a, a card like in that next round up in that top quadrant. So that way it makes the, uh, the bottom one where all those cars are, you know, go down to $2 because mm-hmm. you've almost got to tank that money that they're getting so that you can climb yeah. back up. So, um, I mean, every time I play this game, I think to myself, Ooh, I want to try this strategy right. next. So, yep. I mean, it's just, to me, this is replayability off the charts. Yeah. And at first I was worried when, um, you were teaching as far as, you know, when you build your factory, you can just grab whatever part you want. So I was worried at first that there would be a way to like, once you really get good at the game, just optimize the building of your factory and do it the same way every time. But just, I mean, the way that other people play is going to affect that. So that, yeah, that won't be the case. Yeah. And you, uh, you can definitely lose this game on the oh, very first yeah. turn. Real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you will know it. Yeah. You will be well aware of it for the rest of the game that you are done. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And my D's all covered. I can't build anything <laughs> yeah. over there. It just, there's so much swearing and laughing at the same time at this game. And I think that's what made it fun. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen. I want to play it much more, but I think, uh, I feel like right now the only thing I'm, I've had some wins, which I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get excited about that. But like, uh, I don't really, I, I don't really expect to get much better at anything but picking up my plastic windows. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I got. A, I think that that three player game we played on Friday night when we probably weren't doing stuff right. I think I won that game. I'm going to take that one to the bank. I don't know if I'll ever win it again. <laughs> so. so hard. Uh, well, uh, what about uh, player count? Player count. Yeah. Let's talk player count. Uh, don't play it solo. It's really bad solo. <laughs> it has no solo rules. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I think it's just three to five. I don't it is three, yeah, to five. three to that five. That is correct. Um, and I've played it at all player counts, but if you can play it at five, yeah, that's just a hundred percent on my. I like four right too. So. I like yeah. four. Yeah, I but it's not going to be I, much I different. The best. Yeah. So, but yeah. But for a five-player splatter, like this moves. Yeah. Like the since the players control the the clock, they, it it's pretty snappy. So I. Well, and I'd say have, if you can get all the full player count, go for it. And you, you, everybody gets to do their main, the, the main the, actions, the together. hard part together. Right. Well, because the selling of the cars is not all; it doesn't take that long. Usually, it's fairly snappy. Yeah, it. there's so, some thinking about I mean, what you want to take from other people first, but not too much. I mean, we played a five-player game this past week, and it was everybody knew how to play. Mm-hmm. But I think we got done in a little over two hours, maybe yeah. at best. I yeah. mean, it was it was which I think that's very good for a slaughter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for, for very, yeah. So player count though, I don't, three is probably the lead. I mean, I would right. definitely I, say four and, and then five, yep. you know, five first, then four, then three is, is the last story. Maybe as a learning game, it wouldn't be bad as a three player, just so you could kind of help. Because de- one thing I will say, if you, if you have a couple people who know how to play it and you play with a couple of new players, it's not bad because then you have somebody who you can, you know, go, okay. Here's your factory phase, you know, mm. here's, and you can kind of help them out a little bit. Cause going over so, every single rule of building your factory can get 
tedious. So it's all like you, you explain the big ones and then as you go, you go, oh, yeah. yeah. So you can't there's, put that there. You're going to want to do it this way. a little information or whatever you ask. Because I know the first, like I had Richie and, and uh, Mason and I was kind of trying to help them. And then, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, I was helping you were helping Josh, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't think that has anything to do with player count. Sorry. Oh, you, I'm so afraid. I don't even know. I'm just rambling. I love this game so much. <laughs> All right. Well, well, it's time to get to ratings then. Richie. Right. Uh, so at Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Clef, you want to keep rambling? I'll, I'll ramble. Okay, so I'll tell you this. After play one, okay, I was like at a two. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't, what? I don't, what? You know, it was one, what? You know, okay. I was getting up there like, uh, you know, like, uh, don't eat the, you know, the meatless nachos. Okay. Here, but, um, hey, actually, Chad, do you want to give your rating? I don't know if we want to let him I'll keep, keep rambling. Going. I'm going to keep rambling. And then I played it again. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And you know, we had a couple of rules wrong the first game too, you know, and then, and then by my third game, I was like, aha, I got it. And now literally, all I want to do is play horseless carriage. I mean, it's like every single, I, I just, I just want to play this game. And unfortunately, obviously it's a game. You have to have to have a lot of people. Um, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this is an amazing game. Um, if you like splotters, this game, you're, I'm going to say you're probably going to like it. I do know there's people out there that like certain splotters and not other splotters. I'm, I like all splotters. So, I mean, it's, it's up my alley. Oh, I mean, I, you know what? I'm going to give it a six. So <laughs> I'm giving it a six. I, I think it is. I think game's amazing. I think it's, I mean, I like the fact that it, it's a heavy game with a, with a large player count that doesn't necessarily take a, you know, uh, a long time. What are those games that like take like six or seven hours to play that, uh, that, that are heavy that people like where you put the train tracks down and then you buy the shares. Oh yeah. Those games, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a quick snappy game. Um, but yet yeah, has a lot of thought process in it. And like I said, I just, every time I'm just like so excited yet. So terrified of how I'm going to build my factory. I don't know. I got to give it a six at this moment. It is an absolute, Six. I don't know about my top ten of all time, but I mean, I think it's it's definitely going to be up there for me in in terms of splatters. So yeah, so six. All right, all right, Richie. Uh, for me, I like I said, I don't like spatial puzzles. I'm not good at them. I I don't think I'll ever win this game. Uh, yeah, I can play it online, so I can at least practice. I can go into sandbox mode online and do some practicing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I've enjoyed all my plays. They've been fantastic. The components are an issue. I much rather play this online than in person sometimes. <gasps> <laughs> Just as far as ease of play goes. Obviously, I want to play at the table with you guys, but I mean, as far as like the actual just gameplay goes, it is much easier to play online than it is in person. Uh, which knocks it a little bit for me. I'm going to come in at, I'll come in at a five because I, I think it is, will definitely probably be my favorite game of the year. But those component issues bother me. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Fair. I'm going to okay. echo what, what Richie said and uh, say, yeah, the components definitely bring it down for me where it would be a higher score. Uh, but it's still, I mean, like I think back to some of the plays I've had of it and just so much fun. So I, uh, 
even if I'm just like swearing at my factory, I'm so mad. I'm kind of get like, I can't even, sometimes you look at your factory and you're just trying to figure out, like, I can't sit down. I can't sit in my seat because I'm so anxious that I, there's gotta be some way that I can get out of this jam that I've built myself into. Nope. But there isn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there's not. There isn't. Uh, nope. so you know, and I just feel like troll boy at the end. Like, <laughs> Chad, you get why it can't be you, right? Yeah. Chad? <laughs> okay. Um, and so basically, I, I, you know, I, the yelling at each other, the, the laughing, it's, it's got to be a high score for me because there's so much interaction. Uh, five, it's a five for me, and it, it is going to be one of my favorites of the year. And like I said, I will. I'll definitely be, always be up for playing it as long as as long as it's reasonably put away. And so I have already gotten like jewelry containers and stuff for mine so that like when you put it out, you can kind of have it a little bit set up. Yeah, it does need an insert for sure, at least yeah. for the tiles. Yeah. Just so you can set them out. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know a guy who's working on that. too. Yes. Brockman, uh, hurry up. <laughs> uh, do, uh, my new way to put it away is uh, just simply put all the tiles up there on top of my cabinet so that way I can just pull it right back. I'm not even going to attempt until I'm like like months down the road here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it so much, I'm not even putting it away. Yep. All right. All right, so there you go. It's a six from Clef and five from Chad and Richie. That is Horseless Carriage. Oh, does that mean I have to stop? I have to stop talking about it now? Yep. Dang it. All right. What else are we doing? We're going to draft. Okay, to celebrate the fact that Age of Steam is not only the Punch Borders number one game of all time, but it is the Punch Bunches number one game of all time. We are going to draft our favorite Age of Steam maps. And this was actually a request from one of our uh, Punch Bunch in the Slack. So we thought we would oblige. And uh, hopefully you'll... Uh, You'll appreciate it. Uh, so thanks to Drew for uh, suggesting this draft topic. If you ever want to do that yourselves, you can always email us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. But we're tabulating the results here now in live time. And Richie, uh, who came out on top for the draft? Old Cluster came out on top. With that, I mean, I gave, I gave him brass for the You, gave you it, did. You gave I knew he had to get that. Yeah. Yeah, Root didn't uh, show up all that well for you there. No, a lot of people don't like Root, but, I mean, much like you, if they actually played the game, they'd, they'd come around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Clough won with 56.5% uh, of the vote. Uh, Chad came in second with 23.9% of the vote, and I'm pulling up the rear with 17.4% of the vote. Okay, so you don't get to roll then, huh? But you do. You do get to tell us uh, how we draft at Punchboard Paradise. So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. So we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. Chad and Clef are going to roll off to see who will set the draft order. Okay, Clef. It's you and me. Come on, brassy pants. Let's do it. Seven. Beat it. Oh, oh my God. A nine. For once. What the heck? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. <laughs> you know what? Draft that I don't even think I need to worry about. Uh, I would say there are a lot of maps. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I think it'll be great. You know what? Chad's going to go first. Richie, you're going to go second. And I'm going to go third. That's, that's how confident right. I am right. in, in my picks here. 
Chad's going to pull some weird map out nobody's even heard of, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just a second here. By the way, are uh, prototype maps acceptable to draft? No. Okay. <laughs> well, no. No. <laughs> no. Well, no. no. So I'm going to pick, I think this was in the, the 2020 map set, maybe. Uh, I'm going to pick Southern China. And this was a this was a map that is really interesting. It it really flips what you normally want to do on its head because you really can't build too long of a of a rail work basically because you only have a certain amount of discs basically ownership discs to claim as your rail, and then you have to basically scrap a a link or so and start over. And so you're constantly kind of trying to reform. And then pretty soon you're going to get like nationalized. Communism is going to kind of take over and you're going to get nationalized. And so you are you can't get into China at a certain point. Uh, it's, it's a really, like I said, it's a really interesting way to think about things because as normally you're trying to want to build up these long, long links and move cubes all over the board and you can't do it that way. So I just really like what Southern China does. It feels really tight. And also you can get these little red discs and they can count as a point or you can spend them at certain points too. Uh, so you, then you have also these little red discs that you can pick up. Um, it, it's kind of like support from the National Railway and those can count as points towards the end and you can kind of hoard them or you can kind of spend them to make your deliveries longer. Uh, and I think get greater income if I remember correctly. So there's this thing where people are kind of hoarding those when they can get them and you'll just see them pile up and you'll wonder if people are going to try to, to spend them or if you should figure those into their points. Uh, uh, yeah, it was really the game that I played at Age of Steam Con was really tight. I think this was one of the few that I won all weekend long, but it was a really good, uh, good map and a really interesting twist to the rule set. So Southern China, that's my, my first pick. Absolutely great pick of a map, yeah, Chad. great map. I love it. Uh, for my pick, this is one that's been climbing for me. I've played it. I think this is one that I've played like, it's not the most. I think Rust Belt's probably the most. But I think I've played this one like three or four times, which is a lot for wow. <laughs> Age yeah. of Steam maps. I would agree. Um, uh, Brummy Rails. And oh. in Brummy Rails, the the twist on this one is that uh, the, the actions that you select, like Loco and Engineer, all that stuff, are not available at the beginning of the game and you have to slowly unlock them and whoever unlocks them gets some type of special benefit that turn and i i just love that that twist on the on the actions and it, it does make it tougher especially for the people it makes the auction especially early very important because if you don't win that auction you're not getting a special action to start off and that could be that way for the first few turns before enough are unlocked where everyone can get a special action so uh brummy rails has been uh, one of my favorites. I I agree. That one's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. And that's actually, uh, that was another one of the 2020 maps, I think. Yeah. I remember yeah. Right. yeah, it was. Yeah. Look at here. I mean, look at Age of Steam Con coming through with the uh, with the maps that we've gotten chosen. So oh, they, yeah. They know what they're doing. I mean, they're yeah. done by people who really love the game and like to see the I agree neat, with you. I think, riffs on I think them. people that, uh, you know, know the game and love the game know how to make some good maps. I, I agree with that. I think we're going to, honestly, I think we're going to have more good maps coming from people. I know uh, our friend from Age of Steam, Josh Acosta, he's been working on some maps. Um, and I know 
obviously at Aegis Team Con. Uh, Hiro Akawa, she had a couple of really great maps. She had maps. a bunch of maps. Yeah. And then she has the new Osaka map that's in the, yeah. that just came out. With, yes. Uh, yeah. In, so, the, in the third expansion map bit. For the package. From Eagle Griffin. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, a lot of new and upcoming designers. It's, it's exciting, yes. you know, for that. And I, I mean, that's um, one of the things I love about Age of Steam is right. that the community is so strong. Yes, I would agree. So, all right. So, well, I'm ready for a little swing here. And I tell you, the first game I am going to pull off is this is my favorite game and my only map that I actually love playing at seven and eight players. And that is Central New England. Mm-hmm. This map is literally one of the most punishing maps. And I'll tell you, I like the maps when they're, they're tough, when it is something that's really like, and I, and I like maps that have a special action that is really sought after. And in this map, you basically, you can't deliver cubes. Like it's Vermont, and New Hampshire that are together and you can't deliver cubes in like New Hampshire. You can't just deliver it to a city that's in New Hampshire you have to cross the line and go over to Vermont to deliver the good unless you have the special, and I think they call it the smuggling action. I'm not sure the theme really works here. I don't know why it's smuggled to your own, you know, state as opposed to across state lines. But nonetheless, you have to take that action, and then that's the only way you can deliver inside of the state. And, oh, man, when you've I've got to play on the giant map at Age of Steam Con on the, with this game, and we had eight players and everybody really knew how to play the game and it was snappy and it was good. And we had some people kind of trying to keep the game flowing and moving and it is just tremendous. It is tough. It is hard. I don't think I've ever won it before, but I, I absolutely love it. And I know at PPCon, it was one of those maps that we started playing and all of a sudden there was like two new players that never even played the game. I think it was, might've been Tom Falbo's first game he'd ever played of age of steam. And it's like, Hey, welcome to central new England. Whoa. Okay. But anyways, it's great. I love it. It's one of my favorites. So, all right. I still need to play that one. Oh. It, it's a fun map. Uh, for my second, I am going with a map from the 2021 Age of Steam Con. And I absolutely think that this is just one of my favorite maps. I really like it at four. It's, it's okay at five. It gets a little bit uh, bogged down at five. But that is uh, from uh, Rick Brines, and it's Pacific Electric. Mm. I, beautiful map, too. Beautiful map. I mean, it looks, I mean, Richie, I hope when you make Manhattan, it looks as pretty as Pacific Electric. It won't. Um, okay. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, poor Tim and Corona, he hardly ever gets his cube delivered because he's out there in the boonies and he's hard to get to. But um, <laughs> talk about a great map. It has the uh, loco that you kind of have to purchase uh, so that you, and where you can get double links, but it has that great option of you can actually bypass a city of a color. So if you're delivering a yellow cube, you can pass one yellow and move on. So you can actually get up to like, I think a 10 delivery in the game. Um, I've never come anywhere close to that, but, uh, but it's great. You have to have a special action to build on the mountains or to get through the mountains. I, you know, it's tough. It's hard. It's a beautiful map, and it's one of my favorites, and I, I absolutely enjoy it. This is one of mine that I've played like five times, and so it's getting up there for me. I had it next on my list, so nice. it's been so nice. I mean, I was like, wow, did this really you know, just come out? You know, It just seems like a, just such a great iteration of the system, which actually I think it basically kind of almost 
almost fixes Kansas City Interurban because Kansas City Interurban was doing some stuff like that. And I, I really loved this version of I, it. So. I would agree. So, and, and Rick, another guy who comes to Aegis Team Con, he's a great guy. He's a lot, he, uh, he play tested Manhattan with me. Uh, really nice guy. So, yeah. So, throw some love there. Pacific Electric. Good pick. Uh, my next pick is going to be Disco Inferno. Mm-hmm. That was on is, my list. All right. Uh, pro, well, no, that's probably my second favorite of uh, Ausbox maps. Um, and with Disco Inferno, you have the dancers going around to the diff- different discos, and then the discos start burning down. You can't hum. Otherwise, you can't even hum or sing <laughs> any disco songs. Otherwise, you're going to lose income. Uh, but you might want to. At but some you might point, want like to. Yes. 11, you might want to start singing <laughs> a disco right. song. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, but it's just a map that keeps you on your toes because those, the, I mean, they're cities. I mean, they're. They're discos, but they're cities. When the cities burn down, I mean, that could really put you in a hole. <laughs> and you really have to adjust and figure out how you're going to get some deliveries. Uh, but it is, it's a fun map, especially when you have a lot of people. So yeah. uh, Disco Inferno for my great, second pick. Great pick. Great pick. All right. Well, my next two are going to be from, uh, you know, one of one of a group of my favorite designers. That's uh, Alvin Viard. He design these next two i i really enjoy them they're more of a a spatial puzzle kind of thing but uh the first one is the human machine which is the body uh where you're having to deliver cubes on certain turns that are red and on certain turns that are blue because of the oxygenated and deoxygenated blood and uh so certain cities change color each time and and it's really really a good uh kind of a good um puzzle to, to wrap your mind around is the map called human machine? the human machine yeah oh, i thought it was just human, I body. Thought it was just human yep. body too but no yeah. it's actually called the, I, I went and looked at it because i always call it the body but it on the on the map it says the human machine I, so i was writing down human before you even said it so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, know, I know you like that map yeah <laughs> i just it's just fun it's just fun and maybe uh part of me as a pt too is like all right yeah tra- <laughs> trains and bodies this is my jam <laughs> So uh, the other the other map of his that I really enjoy is the moon. I love how the moon kind of changes. Uh, cha- it basically like changes from light to dark, and that can really mess with you. You got to look and plan ahead. And the other thing is where you can build tracks around the other side of the moon. So you come up off the map at the top and then you've got to look and see where you're going to come out at the bottom again. And there's some really funky stuff that you got to watch for other players taking your, taking your deliveries, doing it that way too. So again, another, another spatial puzzle from the man who gave us clinic. Uh, and it's a really great brain bender. Uh, that, that one just messes with my mind too much. I can't <laughs> do it. I just, it's, it's really hard when it moves from light to dark and you're like, Oh my God, I thought that was going to be. Well, yeah. And plus you got the wrap around and everything. And it's just, Oh, that, that just, Oh, that drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It's a great map. <laughs> it's a fantastic map. And if you order it directly from, uh, his site, the, his, his version of it, uh-huh. uh, that he sells you the site is very, very beautiful. It is. Of the moon. So. Yeah. It looks really pretty. Well, the, the backside of the moon is a map that I don't know. I don't know if Chad has fond memories of this because he was very mad during this game. Oh was yeah, I know theme? what this was. Is. This he didn't like the theme of it. No, no, uh, this, he, uh, this he didn't was, like I'm me sure during I it. I'm sure I would have liked it if I got <laughs> oh, to play it. Oh, this is that story. Yeah, <laughs> yes. okay. This is uh, the Berlin Wall. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, I didn't think anybody take it. <laughs> no, I mean it was a fun play for me. I know. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I screwed Chad hard, <laughs> hard, <laughs> hard, <laughs> uh, early, and he did go bankrupt. But 
I had I had a blast in that on that map and just you know you're chipping away at that wall. You can't go through the soldiers. It, there's some fun restrictions uh, that just kind of loosen up as the game goes. And if you can prepare and get ready for that final round when the wall comes down, you can start really hammering the deliveries. It's just solid map. Uh, yeah. Berlin Wall. Chad, I do hope you get to play it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I believe uh, back in the day when Richie and I used to do a little uh, Age of Steam uh, side podcast uh, for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, when we ranked ours, I, I believe I had Berlin Wall as my number one. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I knew you had it I high. don't know if it will still be my number one, but I I do enjoy it a lot. I think it's a... Uh, the, th- the the theme of it is is very good and just how it pl- the gameplay is. Yeah, I would say it would be yeah, for an Age of Steam so. map, it's fairly yeah. thematic. So. Yeah. It's always a pain trying to figure out what you're going to use to make the wall. There's, right. there's, there's no pieces that you get to make the wall. <laughs> you just have to do it. But yeah, that's uh, a great pick, though. All right. Um, man, I've, I've got such good ones. I, I tell you, I'm going to say this map, I think it's a it was a decent map, but the mechanic of the map and the play that I had of it is going to elevate this into my pick. And, uh, you know, Hey, and this is also, uh, you know, solidarity for our Ukrainian brothers. It is Ukraine. All right. The map is an average map. I mean, there's nothing spectacular about the map, but it has the one mechanic that you can take this action where you can basically shut down a city. You can't deliver from it. You can't deliver through it. You can't deliver, you know, whatever it is. It is shut down. And we, this was our first game. We got to play this last year at Age Team Con. So it was Richie, me, Tim, and Jason. And I screwed Tim over not once, but (laughs) twice in that game. I didn't even win that game. And I felt like I won. It was so (laughs) much fun. It's just one of those games where it was more negotiating. Like, don't put it on me. I'm not winning. He's winning. You got to stop him. Yeah. There was a lot of table talk. Yeah. It was a lot. of, And that to me is where age of steam is really shines. I mean, you're, you're just having a blast and you're having fun. And so I got to throw it on there. So uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, it is worth a play unless you don't like that type of game where people can stop you. Uh, but it was, but yeah, yeah, we was had a blast so. and, it, and it was one that after we read the rules, cause it, you know, it's just that rule change. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, we were like, eh, I don't know. This might not be any good, not <laughs> not <laughs> but it but was, it was a end, fantastic. Man. It was, it was great. So, and Tim, I'm, I would like to say, I'm really sorry for screwing you twice, but <laughs> I'm really not. So, all right. And then for my last one, um, I'm going to go with the toughest map I have ever played. Oh, come on. Okay. This is going to slip to me. So no, I think you're probably. I don't. I think you're safe because I don't think you're thinking of the same. Okay. This okay. is because uh, you were thinking about Zimbabwe. You still got that one. Okay. okay. Nope. You got. You, <laughs> okay. you can have Zimbabwe. I am going to take the toughest, and I feel like I have to take an Alvin Viard map. I'm surprised. Most of my picks are not Alvin Viard maps. Like, obviously, you know, Tramways and Clinic are some of my favorite. I love Alvin Viard, so I feel like I got to pick one. So I'm going to pick the most punishing map I have ever played, and that is. Tasmania. There's two mm. Tasmanias out there, everybody. There's one that's a Ted Ausbach, and then there's one that's an Alvin Viard. The Ted Ausbach map is fine. It's, I mean, it's, I don't even, I can't even remember. It doesn't seem, nothing like rings a bell with it. The Alvin Viard one was so punishing. Every time you built in the forest, you got a minus one income. And then there was other things that got you negative income. And obviously it was bad to build in certain areas. And it was like, it, Okay, 
here is the way the game ended. Everybody went bankrupt. <laughs> and I've never had, I mean, besides obviously Detroit bankruptcy where that's the point of the game, everybody went bankrupt, but yet it was still so good trying to figure it out and trying to, you know, do their best you could. I just remember absolutely, I've only played it one time and I'd actually really like to get this back to the table again, but it's, it was just a really, really tough. And so, yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, Tasmania from Alvin Viard. Uh, and then mine, I'm going to give more love to Age of Steam Con, uh, Zimbabwe with the hyperinflation and the bad events that you have to choose at the end of the round. I, I love, I mean, one of the things I love about Age of Steam is that the fact that everyone is picking on each other and then also the game is also picking on everyone as well. And, and yeah. this map, I mean, it's all bad. And I just love the events at the end where, you, you know, you have to select, you know, going back in income, losing a loco, you know, or increasing your shares, but not getting money not having a special action uh, next turn, which is probably one of the better ones. It is one of the <laughs> so, better ones. <laughs> or you can even lose uh, links out there. So it's, it is all bad. And I, yeah. I think Kevin and uh, the group that he works with to, to play test these maps did a fantastic job. Yeah. And, and that one's a good one. Yeah. I, uh, and that was this year's, right? Yes. This last yeah. year's. Yeah. 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 I, I, unfortunately, I just, because I was playing so many different things, I didn't get to play it. But I, I again, I would play either of the ones you just talked about yeah. right now after this podcast. Uh, but I will say this one we've only played once. I played it with you two. And I just remember, like, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't win it, but I was still, like, giggling with glee. It was just so, it was just such a fun play. It was Italy. Sweet and recycling. Oh. oh, you thought I was going to I almost said that. I almost said Swedish recycling. Oh, my God. Uh, no, but... Uh, but uh, Italy was just so fun. And I, I think it's a tight map, first of all, because you've got the the, the landmass itself is kind of narrow. But then the fact that you can deliver black cubes on other people's rail lines for minus money oh, is just yeah. so much yeah. fun to that do. Cool. Minus and income, not, yeah, not minus money. Income. Yeah, minus income, yeah. which is big, which is big. <laughs> worse. Much yeah. bigger. Than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so and so just doing that, like you're just constantly going, okay, is my am I in danger of getting something, you know, put on my <laughs> rail bad. line? Yeah. yeah. And so and when you're just doing that, you're just like Hey, suck on this. <laughs> so yeah, so Italy, Italy was a really fun one. I, I enjoyed that map. Let's uh, let's do four more each. Huh? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we could. I have all mine ranked. So. Wow, that's <laughs> okay. nice. Uh, I, I didn't go quite that far, but I know. That, I mean, there are some other. I There's mean, tons. Uh, you know, oh, there's so uh, many. Pittsburgh is yeah. a great. I just classic, played yeah. that the other night, and just the loop de loops you can do because it's yeah. it's all like uh th three the three rivers. So basically, track that's straight costs ten dollars, and other yeah. everything else is mm -hmm. curvy. So you're just making these crazy, crazy circles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin's uh, double base. I mean, I think double that's base the USA a is a, it's a great map. Uh, outer space I liked where you have the the straight track going into a city you'll deliver there but you or you can do the curves and you're just whipping around that yeah, yeah. and uh yeah you there's I mean there's just so many maps yeah uh, California gold rush I mean that for a map that I didn't expect much out of that was a pretty good yeah. one you know uh yeah and one that uh, it it didn't work completely but I really liked the idea of it was that it was the the three-player island map like it's like Try Island or something like that. Trislin? Trislin. Yeah. Where you have the everyone has certain amount of times where they can take each special action yep. throughout the entire game. Yep. I I like that concept. It, yeah. 
Towards the end there, it wasn't really working. It needed but, a little something more, a little yes. more flushing out. But I agree. I like yeah. that concept. Yeah. So, But yeah, I mean, there's um, so many maps and yeah. just very creative maps out there. Uh, I mean, there's that uh, Manhattan 1929. I played that thing like uh, 10 times. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. The rules are still in limbo, but so, <laughs> oh, uh, maybe, maybe not. The map is set 100%. <laughs> yes, right? uh, I hope so. <laughs> we just went through and we just uh, had uh, the official New Yorker here check um, all my spots to make sure okay, that they are. So I've got all the cities all right. or the, you know, the spots named. Um, so, yeah, so we're we're good there. Um, <laughs> Who knows? We could have like at PPCon, we could have uh, set the we might set the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest simultaneous play test. <laughs> okay this map is done but hey you guys let me know if i can change anything <laughs> uh, that's awesome so all right uh so let's see here so chad he picked uh, southern china the human machine uh the moon and italy uh richie picked brummy rails disco inferno berlin wall and zimbabwe and Clef picked Central New England, Pacific Electric, Ukraine, and Tasmania, the Alvin Viard version. So there you go. Uh, so you know what? Now I want to hear what the punch bunch, what like their yeah, top, uh, ones yes. would be. So we'll, sir, when we put this up, definitely have you guys comment and tell us what your favorite maps are. Remember, we're over on Board Game Geek on Guild 3227. We've also got the Slack channel if you care to comment there. We'd love to hear from from everybody who's played what you like to play with. And even if you don't have much experience and you just really enjoyed your play of the Rust Belt or you like something else to play uh, like, you know, three player newbies with or something like that. We want to hear about it all. So yeah. chime in. The Rust Belt's fantastic maps. Oh, it's a great map. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great yeah. map. I just nothing else special about it. I want something special now. <laughs> I just want something different. But no, no, great. Rust Belt is a great map. So, all right. Um, when this episode airs, um, you've got microseconds. Is there such a thing as microseconds? Well, sure. there is, but yeah. I mean, while you're listening to a podcast driving around the road. <laughs> okay. Like, you got a little bit more than microseconds. All right. <laughs> but you do not have long. If you want to come to PPCon, you are on the edge of it. So this is mid-April right now. PPCon will be in about two and a half weeks uh, when this first drops. So if you want to come, I mean, you you got to get on your horse. Get down on it. Mm-hmm. Not uh, Get on your horseless carriage. Yeah. Preferably, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and well, really. Actually, actually, actually you could take a horse there. You so probably there's, could. There's, yeah. Actually, actually like probably rent a horse there. There's like plenty, yeah. plenty yeah. of posts to tie them yeah. to, and it could yeah. just like Didn't, eat some I of the cattails. I think Kevin and his yeah, wife they went took horseback their riding. Horseback yes. riding. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say they took a, <laughs> took a horse carriage to gay here. I was like, <laughs> well, Kansas City is still far by horse. Uh, actually, after watching Yellowstone here now, I'm kind of like, I don't know, I might want to try to ride oh, a horse. Oh, God, no. Oh, I, I, would, I would love to be yeah, there. Yeah, dude doesn't even like to be outside, and yeah. he's allergic to you dogs. Get on, Just watch him sneeze and horse? fall off the back of the horse. <laughs> Jessica Jessica loves horseback riding. I hate horses. Uh, and yeah. the horses usually don't like, I'm a big guy, so horses yeah, usually horses don't like me like either. <laughs> oh, horses. So I would love to see you on a horse. Yeah. Oh, man. I just want to see the side eye Richie gets from a horse. Get that dude away from me. They'll bite me a couple times. I've had a couple bite me. They'll reach back and... (laughs) 
Like I, I remember I tried correcting one. He just reached back. He bit my foot. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll just go wherever you want to go. <laughs> oh, boy. That's hilarious. Uh, okay. So yeah. either horseback riding or not. Yeah. Uh, or you just play board games yeah. inside in yeah. the beautiful facility and eat all the snacks and drinks that you want to. And so, even if you're like uh, Ryan and you can't join us, you'll be there in spirit. And hopefully we'll get you there sometime soon. Regardless... As this is coming out to your ear holes, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Take care of those ear holes. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Troll boy. Troll boy. Nah, no, not troll boy. Not gonna be troll boy. We're not doing troll boy, all right? I mean, you get that, right, troll boy? You get why I can't be you? Yeah, okay, see? You can't be him. This can't be troll boy.